Welcome to Justifying the F Word. We are back and at it. Yeah, episode 48. And the F Word, as always, all 48 episodes standing for your 40s and 50s. And living your best life therein. So speaking of living our best life, we are back from old Mexico. Yes. Oh, baby, I am bound for Mexico. Viva. Love Mexico. Yeah, we were there over uh, Mexican Independence Day. I'm just saying, if you're looking at planning a trip, that is not a bad time to go. Well, <laughs> there were some disappointments. L- there were? Yes. Okay. So on Mexican Independence Day, which was amazing, they had the Lucha Libre. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. So <laughs> I'm like, what, what disappointment yeah, now? So I'm they, like, so they brought, all news to okay. me over here. So by the way, um, for those of you listening, we just got back from Excellence Playa Mujeres. Uh, if you would like any- You said that with a really good accent. Es porque yo hablo español. Oh, yeah. si, sí, claro que si, hermano. Por supuesto que si. So anyway, we went to uh, Excellence Playa Mujeres. We'd been there before and it was like a quick three-day work deal. And uh, didn't quite get the whole sabor of it. Mm. Um, just a quick review. It's absolute paradise. So if, yeah. you're, if you're looking for chill, I mean, it's it's really fun. But it's uh, if you're looking for like a super crazy nightlife, that might not be your vibe. But if you're looking for chill, hang out, really enjoyable, fun times. We give it four thumbs up. Why okay. only four? Well, because you, you only have two and I only have two. Okay. There's no more thumbs. All right. I was just wondering where unless, our star rating. Well, unless you have an extra thumb that yeah. I don't know about. Okay. All right. I'm just All saying right. four thumbs yeah. up between the two of us. So it's fantastic. So we really, um, normally we stay at the Secrets Chains and uh, this deal had popped up and we wanted to try it. The food was phenomenal. The entertainment was phenomenal. The facilities were phenomenal. The beach was phenomenal. All of it was good besides my disappointment. Yeah. Okay. So they. There you were. So on Mexican Independence Day. On the beach that day, you looked up the schedule for said evening. Yeah. And I saw that there was going to be Lucha Libre. And what was was my declaration? There I was reading my book and Quinn turns to me and says, I'm getting in the ring tonight. I said, I'm absolutely getting in the ring tonight. So and I, I was really like, feel- I, I don't think it works that way, babe. And you're like, they are going to tag me and I am going to get in the ring. I'm going to have a full experience of Mexico Independence Day. All of it. I was thinking I would be on the back. Somebody's back taking off the mask. Yeah, and it, I mean, it got to the point that I mean, it it became a obsession. Well, I did see ringside too, yeah. just in case. And we met all like um, these amazing people from Texas. Which, by the way, if you guys are tuning in, thank you. We had a fantastic yes, time with you. Yes. All, so anyway, and so Quinn got them so pumped up because he's like, "If I get tagged in, are you are you gonna back me up?" Yeah, I needed somebody to have my back. And, so if I got the chair slammed over the back of my head, I'd need somebody. Yeah, to- and to carry on, if you listen in the past episodes about us when we went to the Dominican Republic of us telling the story about Quinn getting pulled into the back room at the airport and we finally figured out why he always gets like profiled is because they think he's a Navy SEAL. Which I am not. So if for yeah. anybody who served or whatever, yeah, and he I do does not. It. And it's, but it's like he has this look. And these people... I will, and I, I'm not like one of these tactical guys that wears like... like no, uh, he doesn't. He just... But he has a beard. He has a shaved head. Like he, you know, he's always wearing a hat. But other than that, besides being yoked, you know, it's like the kind of deal that... But these... the the. These people from Texas were convinced. Like all week, they're just like, it's okay. You don't have to tell us, but we know. <laughs> and then they kept coming up to me and they're like, he's killed some people, right? And I'm like, no. And they're like, no, he hasn't. I'm like, and then finally just got to the point. Quinn's like, I can't tell if I have. I haven't. <laughs> so like it was, but anyway, we sat ringside. So yeah. there we were, Mexican Independence Mexican Day. So I was ready to go in, right? There I, mean, I, there I was. So to the point that Chucky, the little short wrestler who came over. It was amazing. He was he was this little short guy and he was wearing a Chucky shirt and he had like shaved head. But with then, this giant ponytail. That he did walk over when it was dripping sweat and rub it all over Quinn's 
bald head. Well, I thought I was getting tapped in. Yeah, you were all excited. Like, I'm getting tapped in, and he just came and wiped sweat well, on you. I'm just a firm believer that um, it's like, maybe not now, but back in the day, I never passed up a mechanical bull. Yeah, I think you in your early 30s got jacked. Oh, I had to go to the chiropractor. Yeah, like I remember like for like a week. It was, and like I was the like, hard I rock. Told, I yes. got launched yeah. off a mechanical And, and I remember telling you, I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And you're like, I got this. Yeah, well, so anyway. And I feel like you live your life as when in Rome. When in Rome, of yeah. course. So Like the Romans. <laughs> yeah, like the Romans. So absolutely disappointed that I did not get tapped into but the But we ring. were like... Three feet away. Yeah. From the ring. Like it, it was totally real too. <laughs> it was awesome though. I mean, it like we'll have to post it to our story for the week of when they went and stood on the ropes and then did the air. What yeah. what do you what do you call that? The when they jumped on the guy. El I know. Pajarito. I don't the know. There's got to be like a, like the eagle. <laughs> yeah. So what would have your name been if you got out there? Blonde velvet. <laughs> but you have to wear a like mask. Maybe I would have, maybe it would only, it wouldn't cover the crown of my head where the, the <laughs> it would just show comes your up. bald spot. Yeah. It would be more of like a Zorro mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It would be my super skill because I could pin somebody down and I could rub my stubble across there. <laughs> They're like, no, uh, yeah, it'd be no, like, what was the last time you shaved your head? It'd be like head. 40 grit sandpaper coming across. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. I feel like I caught you off guard with that. <laughs> you I, totally I don't, did. I don't understand why it's even so funny. <laughs> oh, anyway. So long story short, uh, it was amazing besides Quinn not getting called in. And uh, they had fireworks. They had, they had um, a bugle corps dancers, and then they did like a uh, they like face painted. Yeah, they did a blacklight party. Yeah, which was super fun. So we got our we got our groove on. Yeah, and it was it was tons and tons of fun. Yeah, tons and tons of fun. I will say though, uh, all that aside, um, if you're listening to this saying curse your life, Quinn and Megan Brown, I need to go on a vacation. I would highly recommend setting a finish line. If you haven't listened to our episode on marriage insurance, go check it out. And then we have one on finish lines. Yeah. And one on finish lines too, but it's so, I mean, really just go back and listen to the last 47 <laughs> episodes. If and you're maybe recommend in. it to, I mean, maybe find a few friends, maybe, like send it out. Maybe a hundred or so. Yeah, I mean, like, Hey, share the love, share the love, share the love. You know, it's like one of those Facebook things. You're like, if you share this, great things will happen. Or it's like when you're like 12 and you get that text thread that's like, if you don't share text this thread. with like a hundred friends. What, were you a time traveler when no. you were 12? No, you're no, talking no, no, about no, no, a no. letter, not a text Let, no, thread. Yeah, but with our kids now, oh, yeah. I'm talking about like our daughter, our middle daughter who's you said 12. When we were 12. Like, yeah, maybe I did. It was a, it was a letter that you get. Yeah, in the mail. but now it's a, you get the text thread that's like, if you don't send this to a hundred people in the next year, you're going to be hundred friends in the next hour. You're going to be cursed. Maybe that. Maybe that's our next marketing campaign. Ooh, Watch I out, like guys. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, if you haven't, even if it is you guys just haven't been on a date forever, or if you haven't done something for yourself to treat yourself, like treat yourself. if you haven't done anything in a long time, like set a finish line, set a date and uh, make it happen. Because this was booked back on Black Friday and it finally came around and it gave us something uh, to look forward to with much anticipation. Yes. So yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be getting ready to plan our next trip here yeah. pretty soon. So, um, re-entry. Okay. First off on re-entry, can I just explain something? Yeah. Do you guys remember seeing like the, uh, 1960s film footage or whatever of like the space capsule coming back into the yeah. orbit and it's like this flaming ball that's rocketing toward the earth. Yeah. I feel like that's the best analogy for when you get into Cell your, service. no, into your taxi when you're leaving the resort. Cause I feel like as soon as you've packed up all of your stuff and you're like, they come pick you up and there's no free food, free drinks, all of that stuff. You're like, okay, that's when, when, when you start falling, Yeah, you know? And then it's just, as and you get closer to home, you're you, like, as you get closer to the atmosphere, that's when the, it starts turning to a, a big ball of fire. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> re-entry is always, I know nobody out there is feeling sorry, but I will say it's like 
when you slow the train down and then you're like, okay, we got to get it back geared up to full speed. It was like, we got back Tuesday night and our son has jujitsu on Wednesday and Quinn walked out about seven 30 and was like, so, uh, what time, uh, does Logan have jujitsu? I'm like, cool. An hour and a half ago. Like, I don't, <laughs> what day is it? I don't know. You know? So anyway, we're getting there. Well, not to mention it's, uh, it's all of a sudden you're you're catching up on all the stuff that got missed, the homework that didn't get done, the stuff that didn't get taken care of. And I, I think, yeah, my reentry was like got home and within 20 minutes I was in full mom mode. <laughs> like I was like, it was on. Dropping the hammer. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Oh, man. So anyway, it's just always shocking how so much can happen while you're gone. And maybe it, it all happens while you're here, but you just detach. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you just almost have to like play, play catch up. So we legitimately, not mustard, can, not much. Get mustard. It, get yes. it. We legitimately got home on Tuesday. We both worked, worked Monday, like crazy uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. And then we packed up and we left because our middle daughter had a mountain bike race in Moab. And our oldest was going to, in Utah, they call it Fan X, but it's like Comic-Con. Comic-Con. So there we were, we had, we were going to drop her off because she was staying with a friend. Good and, hell, by and, the way. Yeah. That and was... so we had, there we are, you know, and we were going to downtown Salt Lake. Like downtown Salt Lake. You, and you guys know what it's like to drive in downtown. It's crazy as it is. There's Quinn. Any downtown. Yeah. Quinn with the F-150 and then our camper. Our 27 foot the long camper. In the busiest part, trying to drop her off, <laughs> making convention sure. Center. Yeah, it was one of those that we're like, oh, I will, we're going to kill somebody. I will tell you my pucker factor. <laughs> and then I got stuck in this intersection and it was yeah, like. That should have been on Red Bull oh, Rampage. Dude, and it was like, like. You know how they have the mountain bikers going down well, no, all this stuff? It, they should have had you driving, downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. And, Red so Bull I, get, I get stuck in this intersection and it's like the walking dead of cosplay nerds coming at me. And they like, were like not realizing that they shouldn't walk straight towards like the movie or walk yeah. between yeah. the trailer and the truck. And, uh, anyway, luckily at the last second, we almost got overtaken by a bunch of like cosplay cosplay nerds, nerds yeah but it were, was awesome <laughs> they were coming at us in full force yeah but we got around missed a few homeless people and eventually got on the road and got down the moab so i will say um first off moab was absolutely incredible and our daughter had a fantastic mountain bike race the poor kid has been sick and it's been rainy so she hasn't been able to ride that much but it was uh it was awesome it was so fun so proud of her uh to get out there and it, it was pretty pretty warm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then, uh, we spent the rest of the day in arches national park. That's another bucket list thing for any of you guys that are, uh, that aren't from the area, or even if you are check out arches, it's like being on a different planet. It's unreal. So we, uh, we hiked a bunch of the arches. We went to the one. So if, if, uh, you're familiar with Indiana Jones and the last crusade, uh, both of those arches, they're in the front, like, this belongs in a museum. You belong in a museum. <laughs> it's the cross of Cortez. <laughs> so that, uh, we, we went to those arches, which is super cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the cave where they found the cross of Cortez. Shoot. But then, uh, we went and hiked delicate arch. We almost lost our, uh, 10 year old. Okay. So we had this discussion. So Quinn and I, um, we, when we were, you know, before when we dated first married, we we're hiking and backpacking machines like that. We did it all the time and we have not been back into arches since like our twenties. Yeah. It's been, it's been well over 20 years. And so both of us were like, Oh yeah. To walk, hike in. So delicate arch for those that aren't in, you know, in Utah, or if you are, some people have never been there, but it's the arch that's on the license plate, it's one of the coolest things you'll ever see. And it's one of the few, like, standalone arches. Yeah, and yeah. And it stands alone over a, uh, a, con basin. a concave, like, sandstone bowl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. But, like, Quinn and I telling our kids, we're like, oh, yeah, it's probably, like, not even a half mile. And, like, in my head, I was like, it's flat. Like, you could just, you know, do it in flip-flops. And... I'm not saying it's the hardest thing we ever did, but it was a mile and a half straight up. Yeah. And I will say the straight last, up. the last time I did it, I wore a younger man's clothes. I think I was wearing a pair of Chaco sandals and like just 
Yeah, and it, so we had a good laugh there, of being like, there was a that pr- was harder than I thought it was. <laughs> there was a point like But there was like a 20-year 20 yeah, 20 gap. I was like, well, I, I think I may have aged a little bit since the last time. And uh, one of the funniest stories, and my mom's going to absolutely kill me for telling this story. Oh, she, she's probably going to kill me because it's me that, yeah. But uh, she pointed out a rock and said. No, we came back. Um, because she was, you know, just kicking it um, when we went to another arch. And we came back and she was like, I was going to take a picture of this rock. And then I realized what it looked like. This is what she told me. And I like turn and I look. And yeah, and she and she's like, it looks like a giant phallus, which is crazy because I looked at it and said, wow, that looks like millions <laughs> of years of deposition. And it looks like a uh, a desert um uh, erosion environment. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the geomorphology. I'm you're... like, I don't even see yeah, what you're so talking. So, like any good daughter-in-law, I well, made her take. And our, and our middle daughter, who is super crazy strong, she is like wickedly strong. <laughs> She's the strongest in the family. I go, Livy's get grandma. So she like pins her and hides behind her. So we got a picture, and it was yeah. We won't post it because I might be kicked out of the family. But I did send it on the the family group thread. And I did get Quinn's sister that said, this is a family show. <laughs> it was pretty fun. But anyway, hey, she might kill us. It's nature. It's nature. Yeah. We don't nature. be ashamed of nature. So, And, and I was going to say, so my last story about it, and we, <laughs> we've been laughing about it, is I thought it was so funny. So when we go hiking, I'm like that social little butterfly that's like, hey, I'm talking to everybody as we go. And uh, there was this couple walking up that had, they, I mean, I mean, pretty apparent they're from Texas because they had like... They were dressed head to toe in Longhorn gear. Yeah, it was like hat, shirt, everything was Texas Longhorn. So as I'm passing him, I kind of say it loud enough that everybody kind of, that we didn't even know, I go, hey, so I take it you guys are from Colorado. You know, just like that smiling and they... Did not think it was funny. Yeah, it was totally like on Dumb and Dumber <laughs> where he walks out and he's like, big old song. Yeah, well, and I just go, see you later. And they kept walking by and they got by, by enough. And I was like, well, I thought it was funny. And I had all these people go, that was really funny. <laughs> but anyway. So uh, I will say, having not been back to Arches in so long, I felt a little bit of shame. And I hi- shame. shame. I highly recommend, uh, no matter where you live, take advantage of what's in your backyard. Uh, I think sometimes you get comfortable and you feel like anything cool is way out there, but every anywhere you live, uh, there's stuff in your backyard. Well, yeah. And that's, uh, we were talking about it cause it's, it's awesome. We love going to Mexico and all these cool places. And a lot of these places that we've been going and starting to, to take our kids in that is Quinn and I went all the time when we were first married cause we were broke as a joke. And that was Every weekend we threw our backpack on. I don't know if I could, my back could handle it every week. Oh, you are sunburned. Megan oh my was gosh. so, she is peeling. Okay. Like, so let me give my preface. I do not like to get, I mean, nobody likes to get sunburned, but I used to like bake in the sun. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe I can spend an hour with sunscreen on and stuff like that in the sun. And then I move the rest of the time, the rest of the day under the palapa, like, and I'm reading under there. I don't like to get too much sun. So I don't come back from my trips looking like people are like, whoa, where have you been? But the last day, the last goony day, I like flipped sideways. And I I, I thought I was like only. I, I t- think you were sending out a bunch of texts about yeah. dance or something. Like I don't that. know. It was something about our kids schedule. Because like I said, the reentry had started knowing. <sighs> yeah. And um, I was sitting sideways with my back to the sun. And I hadn't sprayed my back because I was like, oh, I'm only going to sit in the sun for like a half hour, then move. Well, the five minutes must have been really long because, I mean, I have not been this sunburnt in so long. Yeah, you were full blown like medium rare carne asada. Yeah, it was almost like purple and it's like Like, all my skin is fluffing off. Megan lifted up her shirt and I was like, please put that back. I know. I told him, I bet it is kind of fun because I keep peeling the skin and be like, do you want to hold it? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a keeper. That's a keeper. (laughs) Anyway, you guys are probably royally grossed out now, but (laughs) anyway, there you go. Well, as we mentioned before, if you haven't tuned in in a little bit, we are going to every other week just so we can provide better content and our life's insane. I am. And I would say too, better content and better balance in our life. life. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, so, for example, I am getting on a red eye as soon as this yeah, is like over. We got home <laughs> at 5.15, cleaned up the camper, dropped it off, and we were recording this. And then Quinn is turning around, going to the airport here. So, um, but priority numero uno is to get this out. We've been talking about this subject for probably like three weeks. And so we're really excited to to discuss and bring this to you guys and hopefully um, bring some insight and kind of hopefully have some aha moments because um, we definitely have as we've discussed. Yes. And the subject that we want to talk about today is the narrative. The, the narrative. Narrative being... Put myself back into the narrative. What is that from? <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, I think uh, I went to that once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of Eliza. course. If you haven't seen Hamilton, you should totally I put go myself see Hamilton. Back. No. Okay. Yeah, it's anyway. A, it's amazing. But so how many times have you had an argument or disagreement with, could be your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be a parent or whatever. And it could be a coworker, coworker, or it maybe kid, maybe it's not even an neighbor. argument. Maybe somebody's just pissed you off with something they've said, or something's happened, and and instead of getting to the bottom of it, you create your own narrative of what the other person was thinking. Like you all of a sudden come up with an assumption. Yeah, and I I think there's been times you've gotten a text, and then I mean, it could be from anybody, and in and your, it could just be the way it's. Worded. Yeah, it, it could be like something in it. You're like, well, that's weird. Well, because that's weird. It means this. And because of that, they, they're angry and they feel this. And you kind of create this like false narrative in your head where you've created the whole entire storyline to this. Yeah. Without even knowing. And I, and I think there's one of, there's a meme and as I would say, an internet meme and internet. that's been going around forever. And it's a guy and his lady laying in bed and she's flipped. They're both flipped on their back on their side. Their side. And she's like other. glaring at him. Yeah, She's kind of glaring over her shoulder. And because she's like, he's on his phone. He, and she's like, I bet you he's thinking about other women. And then I and, bet he's texting with another woman yeah. or something or looking yeah, at I, and other the, women. And, uh, and then it goes to him and it's like, and what he's thinking about, he's like, what could dogs do if they actually had thumbs? Yeah. And so I think I sent this to you probably like a year ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, just because I will say everybody does this. Everybody does. But I will say, I'm going to call out the ladies. We, we tend to do this more. We tend to kind of make up narratives in our head. Um, and so that's why I think this is so, like this meme is so prevalently sent around because it is one of those that's like, oh, this is what's going on in his head. And, and the guy's just in there being like, oh, I'm not really thinking about anything. I'm thinking but, about aliens. Well, they did build the pyramids. Yeah, okay, we're just moving on. <laughs> moving on. But the main point of that is if you what don't. What is the main point? The main point is if you don't know the narrative, if you actually don't know it. Then you make something up or assume the narrative. And when you assume the narrative, you make, make an ass out of you and me, right? Yeah. And that, More so you, not so me. No, you know, just kidding. But all it creates is destruction. So Megan, being that I just got back from Mexico, por qué or why? Um, because... It's so destructive because Well, no, why do we why oh. do we create our own narrative? Oh not why is it okay, 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 okay. Good thing you call yeah. me out. Whew. I'm creating the narrative. <laughs> yeah, he's creating the narrative. Um I think a lot of times one is we're afraid to ask. Um, I think that or that we have just been raised in a way of not asking questions. We did, um, I think it was our last episode on uh, being okay to ask questions, ask the why. And so I think it's easier in your head to almost fantasize or come up with a whole scenario. And that is easier than just sitting down and saying, are you angry with me and why? Well, I do think you can always have the, distra I, I also think let me collect my thoughts here. It all, right. it doesn't always have to be in a negative connotation where you can create a narrative. Oh, for like sure. Like for example, I could get planning something and assume you're on board 
And I can yeah, say, or, hey, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and get all sorts of excited about it without ever having the conversation. Well, and, and I will say, just along those lines, is um, we talk all the time about a crazy schedule. And probably one of the stress points that Quinn and I always have that we're always trying to work on is... That it's so hard that you love me so yes, much that it I, actually... I mean, I'm looking here... It's just, actually... Whew, it's taxing on it's your hard. soul. It's really hard. No, is the fact is sometimes we get going so fast that we don't communicate about our schedule or, and that, so like you said, is it something positive, but you'll come and be super excited saying, Hey, I, I plan this and we're going to dinner with these people. And I'm like, babe, we have five other things going on. And it's not that, do you know what I mean? And so that's, that's one of the things, like, that's a great thing to point out is. The narrative doesn't always have to be like. It doesn't have to be negative, but it is the lack of communication sometimes is it causes where, you know, you're kind of going in two different directions. um, I, you know, if, if we're looking at this in the F word years, uh, if you go back and listen to our episode with Corey and Amber Holker about making the rest of your life the best of your life, see what I did there? That's their yeah, tagline. That, that, I was going to say that's their tagline. I <laughs> but, like that you look at me yeah. like you just came up with that but off the cuff. That, another big thing they talk about is they have the narrative when they're talking about retirement and getting into the retirement years. There might be one person in a relationship that has an idea of what they're going to do, and they might have somebody in a totally different um in the same relationship with a totally different idea of how they want to spend their retirement years. And and you could spend 40 years together and never have communicated that and going along, plugging along thinking, Oh, this is what it's going to look like. Well, even, even talking with my mom this weekend, there were things that she was like, I always thought your dad and I would do this, but he just wasn't on board or it wasn't, you know, when it came down to it. And so I think, uh, I, I don't want this episode to just focus on, arguments and constructing the narrative out of arguments. Because I think there's a lot of times that we assume or we take a narrative and it can be, it can be meant to be really positive and it ends up becoming a negative because that conversation hasn't been made. And so an expectation maybe has been placed on somebody else that's totally unfair because they didn't even know what they were getting into. Great point. Great point, Quinn. (laughs) So anyway, the reason why this can be destructive is a, you can either put words in other people's mouths and create something where you create a lot of resentment against whether it be a coworker, whether it be a spouse or what have you, just because of your assumption, or it can be really destructive because you could really have your hopes up for something that you really want to do. Yeah. And I think putting that expectation on someone where, You've never communicated saying, hey, I'm hoping that this is going to happen. But that person's over there being like, I I didn't even know. And if, it, if it involves me dressing up like little Bo Peep, I'm out. You're out. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Guys, we clear that up. I can just cross that one off my can, list. Can you name the movie? No. Fletch. Oh, I haven't seen that. We should sit down. We should make the kids Fletch watch is, it. Uh, Ooh, yeah, okay, I maybe the, I don't remember yeah, enough Fletch, about no, it. Our kids could watch Fletch. Fletch yeah. is absolutely amazing. But yeah. there is that part where he's like, he was like, if it involves me dressing up like little Bo Peep, I'm, I'm, out. Uh, I'm out. Yeah. So if you do not want to know, right, this is if you don't want to know the narrative. Like, and I, and I think naturally, because we tend to run from things that are difficult as people, if we don't want to make know the narrative, then we make up the narrative and we make up a narrative that fits your emotions at the time. And honestly, what happens is this is totally narcissistic because then it becomes a hundred percent about you. So, and I've had situations where, um, we're kind of even in friend groups, like one of them, one friend will kind of go radio silent and I've had it where another friend will be like, Oh my gosh. Like they're just, you know, it it kind of becomes about you. Like you're just like, they're not getting back to me all this. And so everybody assumes that person might be, yeah, they're like, Oh, they're just being jerks and they just don't care. Or we're not cool enough for that. Yeah. Or like creating this narrative. And then there's been situations where after the fact, I kind of have found out, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am a horrible person. That person was going through like a ton of stuff, but you 
this group over here, we made it about yeah, us. I, I like, th- you know I, what I, I mean? I think an example, I, I think you had a friend that went through something similar and had to pull themselves back from a friend group and everybody was like, what's the matter with them? What's going on? And then they, and then all of a sudden it comes out that they found out one of their parents had cancer Yeah, and, and yeah. they were dealing no, with that and, and helping out and, but nobody took the time to ask. And, and that's what I'm saying is how many times do we sit back and we make it about us instead of saying, okay, this is a little out of the norm and this person's my friend or my spouse, or I care about a coworker, whatever it may be is how can you change that narrative to not be about you? Yeah. And I've had it where I've had a few friends call me out and say, Hey dude, like we haven't hung out forever. Like what's going on? Did I do something? And I'm like, I am so insanely busy. And I, and, and you're I, like, I am well, so and I've sorry. Done it, like, I've done it with family too, where yeah. I, you know, all of a sudden it's been like, Hey, you've been, you haven't been present and not mentally present, but you just haven't been around like what's going on. And then I lay out, I've slept in my bed, like four times this yeah. month. And they're like, but, the, but the thing is, is those people checked. And I think a lot of times that is part, that is so important because a lot of times you don't know what is going on with people. You know, you don't, even if it's someone that is, you see all the time, you don't always know what is going on in people's headspace and all of that. So check in, don't sit there and just be like, oh, they're jerks, da, da, da. you know, sit there, have a conversation, ask, be like, hey, is everything cool or. Well, and I think sometimes too, you know, when you're dealing with something heavy, uh, you may not want to talk. You may not be the life of the party. And so all of a sudden everybody assumes that you're mad at them or mm-hmm. that, or that something happened. And it could be that, you know, you're, maybe you're going through something big time with work. Maybe your kid's going through something big and you're trying to help them out. But it's, it's, it's always more important to ask, but if you don't want to know the answer, that's the easy button. Because if you don't, want to know the answer, then you get, it's like, choose your own pissed off. Uh, it's mode. more to be like, well, they don't yeah. care. Well, you can make up your own narrative where really maybe they do. They just need, and maybe they need you more than they ever yes. thought they needed you. Yeah. And that is where the time where it's again is, I mean, I'm guilty um, of making definitely times in friendships, marriage with my relationship with Quinn and making it about me and being like, it's, it's, you know, just, making up that narrative and I'm only thinking about me where it's like I have stopped and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This person's like going through a lot or Quinn's super stressed out, but I'm looking at it thinking, man, he's so angry at me and all of this. And I have this whole story made up in my head. And then when I sit down with them, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, uh, we lost a $5 million. Yeah. You know where you're like, (laughs) wow, that's a lot to handle and carry. So it more so is stop creating the narrative and going, asking that question is be like, are you, are you okay? And then talking in that person, a lot of times you just need to listen and realize that it has 100% a lot of times nothing to do with you. Well, and I'll take this a step further because we just broached the O2 fun subject of work is a lot of times in work, uh, especially in a sales situation, you can have somebody that's really upset, right? And it may be, it's way easier to sit there and do all that client so difficult, blah, 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 blah. What's, what's really difficult. And I had a sales, I had a sales guy call me up and he's like, he was almost in tears. He's like, this guy buys everything through me. He's like, I've won every job with this guy over the last 20 years. And he just went somewhere else. And I am crushed. I'm absolutely crushed. And I, and he's like, I don't even know what to do. Like, how am I going to be able to move on and like do this? Like they're one of my number one clients and I just lost him. I said, well, hold on. I'm like, go hat in hand to the office, ask to talk to you with your contact and sit down once again, asking the why, right? Go in, sit down and say, Hey, I'm just really curious. You know, we've always done work together. Why didn't you buy this job for me? Is it something I did? Was it pricing? Like, what was it? Cause I want to be and th- better. This took you a lot of training. Cause this is not now you don't know you do not love confrontation. Yeah. And so, but and th- you have learned oh, yeah. in your job, which I mean, if you looked at Quinn now versus 10 years ago, it's like a different person in that position of asking these questions. So with this specific sales guy, though, he went in and he he thought for sure he had lost him forever, all that. He went in hat in hand, talked to him. They said, oh, we've been meaning to talk to you about this. The developer 
who's developing this job, they're related to the family that owns the other supply house Mm -hmm. in town. And so the developer said, you're doing this job, but you're buying everything from X supply house. And then he was like, they're like, oh yeah, you're good. You get all of our business. This just one we had to give to these guys. We had, we, we had no choice like in order for us to do the job. And so they got to the bottom of it. And then subsequently he's landed every job. And I have had time and time of experience of going in and sometimes, you know, hearing things, I don't want to hear about things that I did wrong or things that my company did wrong, but we're able to get to the bottom of it and solve it and actually deal with it and come out better on the other side. And they appreciate it. And sometimes they don't want to tell you either. And you've got to mine a little bit and get to the bottom. And then they're like, well, this is what's going on. And I mean, if we talk so much about self-betterment in this podcast over and over and over, and if we don't know what we're doing wrong, then we can't adjust. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, just like that's that story that you told and how you have kind of worked at mastering your craft at work is asking those hard questions. I've had situations where with, you know, a friend having to go and say, I know you're upset. And they're being like, nope, it's good. And I'm like, no, I need to know because I cannot fix this unless there's something that I did. I you need know. to know what you're no, thinking. Yeah. And is so there's something. Yeah. <laughs> and in that situation, it was, uh, there, there was definitely a lot of people that made up the narrative in that situation instead of just going to the person and saying, Hey, where are you coming from? You know what? Let's talk this out. So, well, I, so I think when it comes down to the narrative, I think we need to all take a page out of the bro dozer sticker in the back window that says no fear. No fear. <laughs> Cause fear is honestly the what, mind killer. It is the mind killer. Yeah. Yeah. But it is what stops us. I mean, and, and the crazy thing is, is the amount of drama that we create by not having the narrative is, is tenfold. So a perfect example of this too, is like a kid, like, cause we're in the, we're in the thresholds of, uh, I wouldn't say hell, but we're in the thresholds of, of raising our children. And of course we're back in school and we're back in homework mode and we're back in, in, in just sweet, sweet school, ecclesiastic fun, ecclesiastics are wrong word. That's church, but uh, like educational, <laughs> educational fun. I knew what you meant. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, we we're trying to put up a happy escuela. Escuela. <laughs> but, but what happens is our kids, well, I'll let Megan tell this story because she gets to deal with it more than I do. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times is with kids. And the reason why we bring this up is with school is your kids come home, you take a look at their grades and you're like, you have that conversation and you're like, okay, what's going on with your math? Well, you know, um, the teacher's horrible and and they like hate me. They don't know how to teach and they hate me and they've never taught anything in their whole entire life. Every single person in the class is failing. I don't even know why they're a teacher. Yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. And, I know that might be to people, hopefully if you have kids out there, unless they are like if you have saints it, of if, an angel, like screw that, you, yeah, screw you, you. <laughs> screw you, you can find a big cliff and jump off of no, it. But I mean, the thing is, is the reason why we, we bring this up is because with our kids, I feel, and Quinn and I talk to them all the time, to letting them know it is our job to help give them the skills. Because we've all been there being that kid where you might have not done as great on a test or you're struggling and and having to go in and confront your teacher and say, is there extra credit? Or I never had to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, can I make up this test? Because I always tell or my kids. Can I do this assignment? I yeah, totally missed I, it. Yeah. I missed this. Or where do I find it? And I was like, told my kids, I'm like, it always like it never hurts to ask but if you don't ask and you sit there and you demonize your teacher your grade's still gonna stay the same like they you're not doing anything to help your case and so i'm gonna take that whole thing and apply it to relationships right if you don't know what you can do to help fix a relationship if you don't know the narrative then you have to live with the f that sounds scandalous (laughs) 
<laughs> but we're talking letter grades. <laughs> we're talking letter we're talking, grades. I was like, that sounds... Are, are, we, are we making up after phrasing? a terrible phrasing? argument? Are we doing phrasing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Serpentine, baboon. Yeah. Serpentine. Uh, yeah. No, you... If you don't... Then you live with it, the consequence. It's like, just like your kid where if they... They don't learn that skill of walking in or staying after school and putting in the time to talk to their teacher about their test and what they can do and how they can work on it and spending time on bringing their grade up and all of that. If they just look at it and demonize their teacher, put their hands up, they're going to walk away. And you know, at the end of the year, the teacher is going to be like, well, cool. Like they could care less about my class, Yeah, you know, and that carries over to relationships. If you are just going to be like, whatever, I'm not going to have the conversation because you're going to more so demonize and put all the blame on that person in your relationship. And you're going to add in, you'll, you'll probably uh, do some scientific no- notation and mm. add a few, a few uh, other multipliers on the back yeah, that's end what that I'm you're saying. pissed it's, off about it, that have like, nothing to do with the actual like situation. Yeah, where you're like, oh, I'm so mad, and yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I had a perfect example where this happened, and this happened with a boss. Um, so when I worked out in California, uh, I was supposed to go to lunch with my boss. He was going to be relatively close in the area. His territory bordered up to mine. And uh, Megan called and needed help. And so I called him up and I ha- I canceled lunch. I said, hey, I can't make it. I got something personal I need to take care of. And, and sidebar to that well, is if you see a mom with two little chi- children. One being a baby. One being a like six-month-old baby. And you're at a parking garage in Santa Barbara. And that mom's battery to their car has died and there's only a small vicinity of cars that can help you jump that car. And that mom has jumper cables. And all I need is your battery and I know what to do. And you say, I'm too busy. There's a dark place in hell for you. (laughs) So anyway, I had just canceled. I just told my boss, I said, Hey, I can't make it. I have something personal I need to attend to. Right. Didn't think anything of it. And we were just having lunch. It was a social thing. It wasn't even like a, a deal. But I was in my first training year with that company. Well, all of a sudden he sends me an email later that night. And it's like, I had to write you up. This is going to the board. This got sent off to the board. You need to know, cause you're written up. This goes in your personal, your, your, your file. And I read this and I get this whole thing about how I don't value work and blah, 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 blah. And how I totally like have no commitment. And I was just running off to take care of personal things and all that. So I call him up And I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, what's going on here? And he was like, he's like, yeah, well, you just said you couldn't make it. You had something personal. I said, yeah, my wife was stranded with a baby in the car and she had to get back to pick up my other daughter from preschool. And there was, we just moved there. There was nobody to pick her up. And she had to get back. Like she didn't have formula with her. So the baby had to be fed all this stuff. And he was like, oh, and I'm like, well, wouldn't you do the same thing? He's like, well, yeah, I, I thought you just had, and I'm like, well, dude, ask me next time. But I didn't feel like I needed a huge explanation, but I'll, he wrote me up. The dude freaking wrote me up for, for missing a lunch where once he understood the narrative. It, it was like, he kind of went like backstepping, <laughs> you know, kind of like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fam, fam, family's first, man. Yeah. Family's. Yeah. So, but the point is, is it so destructive? So destructive. Like I said, if you don't do it, just like we talked about with our kids, like if they don't have that conversation with the teacher, then they fail. If they, if, if you have something like an argument with your spouse and you don't come to an agreement or you guys don't understand the narrative, then you're going to fail. And that failure is going to continue to compound. If it's work, the same thing. If you get passed over on something on work or, you know, there's been times that I, you know, I've had experiences even in my current job where I've ha- I've gone to my bosses and said, "Hey, I I need to know what's going on here." Like on in situations where, you know, and then once I understood the narrative, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense." But it's just keeping that open line of communication and not giving in because it would have been way easier for me in all these situations, whether it be with Megan, whether it be with work, whether it be with friends. It's so much easier to create your own narrative because when you create your own narrative, you really base your emotion around it 
then it becomes then you're then you start basing decisions in your life off of a false narrative. So it, 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 it can it, be how you treat the people you love. Yeah, the most. and furthermore, is I think a lot of times you start creating a hate squad. So take it back to high. Let's let's go high school, middle school math, right? Let's say like you have an F in your class. You have stuff that you have not done, but it's easier to like look at it, create the narrative about the teacher, right? The next thing that you're going to do is you're going to try to get other people. So you're like, my narrative is right. And this person is in the bad. And we do that. Like we've created it where you go to friends or another coworker and you're like, can you believe they did this? And, and you try and turn people against that boss. Where it's not even, it's against. not even based off of a real conversation or anything. Now, sometimes it is, but I think a lot of times you do it where you're like, I got this text or they said this, let's say they found out something was going on with their kids. And this is like a coworker. Maybe they were a little bit snappy and you were like, took it and ran with it. And they got everyone in the office to hate this person because they were having a bad day, you know, like kind of deal. So I think that it's one of those that I'm like, there are, there's a ripple effect of creating your own narrative and not having the hard conversation. Okay. I want to dive slightly deeper. Okay. Hey, this is going to get real. Dig a little Deep. deeper. I am going you to are Louisiana. going to Louisiana. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> when you feel like you lost your way. Just so you guys know, Princess and the Frog is Quinn's favorite Disney movie because of the music. It's It's got some crunchy grooves. Yeah. He's like, every time he listens to it, he's like, yeah, I, yeah. It, snap, it would snap. Have been, it would have been nice. It would have been oh. nice. And it, <laughs> okay, we're, I, I we're wanna, nerds. I want to dig a little deeper into this where... Sometimes, okay, are you with me? You look really serious right now. I do? Yeah, like you got like, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Okay, sometimes, a basis, what happens is somebody comes to you wanting to know the narrative. Ooh, now, now we're switching now, gears. Okay, <laughs> somebody comes to you, wants to know the narrative, or wants to have that conversation about the narrative, like this is why I'm upset. But- you don't want to hear it. And because or, you don't, or you want to just smooth it over, it makes you uncomfortable. Yes. And because of that, you know, Megan talked about like failing the test. Well, sometimes you get called out and instead of accepting what happened or even validating somebody's point of view, it's easier for you to uh, demonize the person who's trying to know the narrative. So it's almost like it, it's, it's the complete opposite of, what we're talking about is somebody's actually trying to have the narrative conversation with you. And because you don't want to hear it or because you got called out on your shiz, you automatically turn it around and hate that person because they called you out or you try and get everybody to gang up on that person. And honestly, like whether you agree with that person or not, we've talked about this before. Everybody has a valid point, even if it's wrong and you does you at the least least thing you can do is give that person the respect of letting them express and, as and long as it's done in a yeah i think it's like, like if someone comes to you and is like hey this has really been bugging me i think again we make it a hundred percent about ourselves saying i could care less i would not get mad about something but we also need to understand everybody's a little bit different and we work different. We have different love languages and all of that. So I think that trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes, their skin and kind of see, and maybe, maybe you're still going to walk away and say, okay, I, I wouldn't necessarily be mad about that, but I see where they're coming from. So moving forward, my actions might be different or the way, you know, that we interact might be different. Well, and I know Megan and I just in different arguments we've had, we've both expressed the point of I'm entitled to an opinion. Yeah, exactly. Cause we'll kind of argue. And then that a lot of times stops in place of saying, okay, yeah, like, you I, are. we don't have to agree. We like, don't. And I think that as soon as that is kind of thrown out there, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to understand how my actions can be taken a certain way. And I think that as soon as you do that and try to have, you know, kind of diffuse the emotion. Yeah. And do and say, okay, maybe that wouldn't make me mad, but knowing this person, I get how this 
this, my actions could have hurt their feelings or come off a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, I, I think everybody out here, it probably has a story like this, but I remember one time, and this is totally has nothing to do with the narrative, but I remember one time I had this dream that Megan had an affair. Oh, I, I remember this. And I woke up and I was so pissed. I mean, like we're talking morning. like the whole morning wouldn't talk to me. And it wasn't till like the afternoon you called me and you're like, I can finally talk to you. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, what happened? And you're like, I'm so mad at you, but I like shouldn't be mad at you because I had this dream. <laughs> And you were like in the dream, like it's not a big deal. And like I was so hurt. And I was like, but it was a dream. Like I didn't do anything. Are like you like suspicious? You're like, no, but I'm just so mad. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, that, you know, again, not the narrative. But, and, and then I remember one time you, you had a dream and you were like, you were such a total D bag in your dream. And I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, I did. Yeah, when you wake up and it's so real that you're like, I'm so mad at you. (laughs) That does happen. So the last point that we want to talk about in our podcast today, which has been fun. It has been so fun. Yeah, it's been great to uh, get behind the wheel again. Yeah. Dude, it's just like riding a bike. I, I know everybody's crazy busy and I know we keep talking about this, but good hell, man. We were going through our calendar yeah. It's it's anarchy till Christmas time. But we did buy our season no, passes. No, it's not even Christmas time. I love that it's you're It's anarchy like, till he, at least March. Quinn is looking at Christmas being like, yeah, no, it's not. Because then March, it's like we have spring break and then it just rolls in and then it hits May. And if you guys have kids, you know that May, I know that I sound crazy right I, now that if, I'm stressed out about no, May. No, 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 no. But May's May, crazy. May's my birthday month and it's our anniversary. Yeah, day. but we realized- Two years ago, why we, or a year ago, why we never traveled during May, because that's when everything happens. So Because it may be crazy. <laughs> I really feel like we might come up for air in June. Okay. Let's shoot for that. Let's shoot for that. Yeah. Knuckles. knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my point that I wanted to make, that we wanted to make. Is, is you're so happy you're married to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's Every, magical. It's magical. It's like being with an angel. It is. It is a tender, sweet <laughs> angel fallen from heaven. Just I to, know, right? it's like when Meg Ryan in the movie where the guy decides that he's going to leave heaven because he wants to be with Meg Ryan city angels. Oh yeah. Because that's the song. I, I had get, that soundtrack. That's CD. the song I'm going to sing at your funeral. Yeah. In the eyes of the Sarah yeah. McLaughlin. I love that song. Love it. You're mocking me with a grin. That <laughs> that is my funeral song. Well, my funeral song is uh, Broken Down Palace. We know it's Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Mama, mama, many worlds I've known since I first left home. Yes. Going home, going home. <laughs> okay. By but- the waterside, I will rest my bones. Listen to the river swing, sing sweet songs and rock my soul. Yeah. Do, do, do. Okay. Anyway. So last point is reacting. Let's talk, let's talk about the need to not react to detail. Well, actually the need to react to details as opposed to reacting to assumptions. Yeah. There are, there are two completely different things. So, you know, to, uh, Maybe it was Thoreau. Maybe it was Walden. It was a great poet of our time. Maybe it was Pablo Neruda. I bet uh, he wrote in books that smelled like just well. Maybe it was fine leather. Pablo Neruda, the uh, the famous Chilean poet. But uh, okay, yeah. But (sighs) I can't remember who said it. But somebody once said, "Stop, collaborate, and listen." Okay, (laughs) so. Yeah, that was Thoreau. <laughs> oh, geez. William Wordsworth? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, so I'm just... So my point behind that is... so Stop, collaborate, yeah, and listen. As Vanilla Ice once said, which I did see Vanilla Ice in... It had to have been 89. Mm. So Vanilla Ice, he had just released that album, and he opened up for MC Hammer. Did you have a, a Hammer Pants? Do you think I had hammer? Pants? I don't know. It was a thing. Honestly. Okay. I wouldn't judge. It was a thing. I did not have hammer pants. Okay. 
behind the television. Well, I mean, I could see how they would be very effective. With, <laughs> I with love dancing that. a jig. Like, well, I just feel like they'd be very airy. Like, they would you'd be have very, a lot of. They would be very airy. Um, yeah. I did have a pair of skids, but those were kind of more the hippie pants that like had the drawstrings on them. Mm. But I never did. I did have a pair of plaid no fear pants though. They were like buffalo print. So hot. Totally. So hot. Okay, let's go back to okay. Vanilla Ice. So Vanilla Ice. Okay, so I saw Vanilla Ice. He opened up for MC Hammer, and it was on the Hammer Don't Hurt Him tour. Okay. But uh, so this is pre too legit to quit. Okay. Okay, but it was uh, it was fantastic. So my point about Vanilla Ice that I'm trying to bring up is. Uh, he may not have known how wise it was, but let's think about this. So stop, right? So somebody calls you out or if there's you and your wife have an argument or you and your parents or your coworker or whatever, first stop, right? So it, the easiest thing to do is to move forward with that momentum of anger. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you don't want to know, or maybe you're totally justified, but the first thing you want to do, and we've talked about the whole failing the test analogy, is to run to somebody else and start gossiping because you want to justify your actions, just like justifying the F word, right? Yeah. You want to justify your actions. You want to get you want to get your hype squad behind you so you can collaborate your side of the story, right? So the biggest thing, though, is to stop. So don't go running to people. But what I think... Or even a slight yog. Yog. What I think Vanilla Ice was trying to say on the whole collaborate thing is collaborate means to work together. Oh, we're diving deep. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever you're trying to understand the narrative, as Vanilla Ice would say, so first you stopped, right? So you haven't run off. You haven't gone and like <laughs> gotten all these different people on your side, right? Secondly, you've collaborated. So the person that you want to know the narrative, you sit down. And if you sit down and want to know the narrative, you have to be humble enough to listen. Oh, like, I was going to say, you got to listen. Yeah. Well, that's that's Follow the next it. part, right? Yeah. So you're collaborating. So you need to sit there, but you need humility because sometimes you're going to hear things you don't want to hear or maybe even agree with, but let that person talk. Like, don't interrupt. Don't give your reasoning. Just let that person talk. And that's one thing I've had to learn in my marital years is a lot of times I'm a, I'm a fixer. So I want to come up with a solution to the problem right away and be done with it. Where I know a lot of times part of what Vanilla Ice would say is collaborating means me just sitting there, right? <laughs> and just letting that person express how they feel. And lastly, like I said, he says, stop, collaborate, so talk, but then listen. And I think listening, and we've talked about this in past episodes, listening is really a superpower. And I have found so many times in work that when somebody's talking to me, I try and stop them and just solve their problem right away where I need to let them talk. And sometimes they'll catch me, I'll, I'll, I'll get caught and they'll say, hold on, let me finish Quinn. And I'm like, shy, I'm better than that. Like, you know, it happens, but I want everybody, or we want everybody to take the wise sage advice of vanilla ice is when you are wanting to know the narrative, when you're trying to figure it out, remember to stop, don't run off. Don't go out there. Don't start creating a hype squad or hate squad or whatever. Secondly, collaborate, like have the, have the, the sack or the balls, I should say. And if you don't have balls, the, uh, ovaries, the ovaries. And if yes, the ovaries and be willing to have that conversation with that person, it's going to be hard. And then lastly, listen, like listen to what that person has to say. Cause you got a problem. Yo, I'll solve it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Check so, out my rise it. Check out my while my DJ revolves it. So if you think about that too, so <laughs> oh no, I'm saying gadget. like so check it out. Like so he's saying like, hey, I've got an answer to the problem. Check out as my DJ revolves it. So he's saying, hey, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen. Do you really believe that Vanilla Ice was going to deep dive into self help? One hundred percent. Okay, I. I'm here for that. I'm just making sure that, you know, the belief. I will say <laughs> during Ice Ice Baby, he did jump on a couch and dry hump it when he was wearing a. But I mean, maybe that's what he needed for self-help. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, like we don't judge. He was a younger man back then. A younger, he, but wore, maybe, he wore a younger as, man's you know what hammer that, pants. He did. You know what that is from? What? When I wore a younger man's clothes. No. La, la, da, da, da. It's from the piano man. Oh. When I wore a younger man's clothes. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. So when I wore a younger man's clothes, I went to see Vanilla Ice, not knowing that it would somehow, guys, I did not have this written down. This I was going to say, but according to our children or our oldest, she says you dress the exact same that you did in college. Like it's just been consistent well, I, all the way through. Well, then I discovered Viore. That's true. Their only variation has been Viore. Yeah. Surfer t-shirts, pair of jeans. Nice yeah, and then you hit Viore, and now you're like, it's just so soft. Urban dad, I don't know, <laughs> is that what it is? Urban dad wear? Yes, something like yeah. that. So, anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the fanny pack conversation today, but I just want to challenge everybody to stop, collaborate, listen, know the narrative, and move on with it. So we would love to thank everybody for tuning in. Yeah, tune in. We'll see you in two weeks. Absolutely. If you have the chance, please share our episode with your friends, family. Our download numbers have been increasing greatly, and we appreciate all that you guys do. So thank you for sharing with a friend, and have a great week. Adios. Amigos. Amigos.